0: Okay.
1: Hinterkaifeck. About 30 years ago, no one would have heard of Hinterkaifeck save for a few crime buffs and the occasional policeman who studied the case. But with such popular internet sites as Reddit, YouTube, Hinterkaifeck is on the verge of becoming a household name as far as true crime is concerned. And what's interesting is We've probably solved it, but we'll never know who did it. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott.
0: Hey, it's Old Timey Crimey. I'm Christy. I'm Scott. And I'm Amber. And what are our rays of light this week, guys? I have a leak in my roof. That's, well, I guess some rays of light could come down through that. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. So I have a leak in my roof, and I'm not able to get a, uh, a handyman over to the house. Uh, I do have a handyman, and we trade services. I teach him how to play drums for free. And whenever I need something done, he comes by the house and, and does it. But unfortunately, with the quarantine, that isn't going to happen right now. But what I've done is I have a fern that I'm too lazy to water. So I've just placed it under the leaf. That two, is brilliant. Two problems solved at once. <laughs> Very resourceful. Thank you. I and love Andrew you. Totally. I love that you was... too, Amber. <laughs> that
0: was beautiful, Amber. How about you?
2: Um, I really don't know. Um, I. So we made uh, oatmeal cream pie cookies this week with the kids. Um, don't ever do that. That's what I learned this week. Don't ever do that.
1: Don't do anything with your (laughs) children. Fuck them. They don't deserve it.
2: No, like I always try to do cute stuff with them. But, um, so I made like the soft batch oatmeal cookies and they came out really good. And then I made the frosting and I followed a recipe for that. And it's disgusting and it's nothing but sugar. And that is all that the children want. So basically, they have gotten into these cookies and licked out all the cream from the middle and put them back together and stuck them in the bag.
1: Honestly, you could just get away with (laughs) buying them a bag of sugar and three spoons.
2: I know. I should have just done that. It would have been so much easier. But um, so, yeah, that's what I have is a bunch of soggy oatmeal cookies with licked out frosting. And it's disgusting. So never again.
1: (laughs) I love the fact that 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 they just avoided even the even the most slightly healthy part of the cookie.
2: No. No interest. None. <laughs> so what is your ray of sunshine?
0: Um my ray of sunshine is webcams. Uh I have found solace and sanity in watching animals on webcams as I grade papers this week. And then even as I was doing my research, uh, because I now have a second monitor. uh, Jackson has his monitor from work, so he gave me his spare monitor. And so I have a a whole crazy, awesome setup that I didn't have before. And (laughs) so, yeah, I've been watching rhinos and giraffes and koalas. and There's a baby koala. And uh, Oh, I
2: know. I was cursing your name last night about the baby koala. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) why were you cursing my name about the baby koala because i was trying to get the kids to bed and you're texting me about the fucking koala and i'm like god damn it
1: christy (laughs) i did see the koala cam it was adorable i watched it for a little while he just kind of like you could see him breathe and that was about it he was he was not having any of it so i watched it for about five minutes and thought this is cute and then i went over to uh, Nikki elliott's cam and had a lot more fun there (laughs)
0: I've also found a bald eagle cam that has a little hatchling in it, or as I call it, a a baby murica.
2: Baby murica. Baby muricas.
0: (laughs) Fuzzy little muricas and butterflies. And the baboons and the apes are never in the frame, wily things that they are. So I never see them. But it's been, yeah, it's been very much sort of a little bit of a, a release watching all these animals. And, and this is not the first time last semester when I was grading papers. I also I watched giraffes. Um, so but this, this I'm really expanding my my reach here as far as uh, my animal webcam watching is concerned. And uh, I think this is going to be a thing going forward. So it's very comforting. Uh, so
1: well, I'm definitely so, yeah. going back to Nikki Elliott's cam. Trust me. <laughs> I understand. I understand the appeal of like webcams now. Much appreciated for taking me down that path, Christy.
0: Uh, some people who didn't have webcams yeah, i don't, know.
1: We the, don't the, know they uh, got into some freaky shit
0: yeah there's some there's some freaky shit here and as the as the quarantine goes on my transitions are getting less and less coherent and <laughs> more and more like the ravings of a mad woman <laughs> so yeah okay so all right, picture it all right so you're living on a farm in the middle of nowhere your maid you have a maid in this imagining uh she quits because she thinks that your farmhouse is haunted because she hears voices uh a few months later after all this you find footprints that go one way from the woods to your house and then don't
1: come back out right and there if an- you don't do anything about that then you deserve everything that happened Uh, Well, I don't want to say that anybody deserved
0: it, but I did find footprints that didn't necessarily go into my house, but they went around my house in fresh snow. And it was when Jackson was away. So what I did was I walked around the house with 911 dialed and my hand on the send button. And I looked in every single nook and cranny and corner
1: that the serial killers could hide in. See, there you go. You did the right thing.
0: So, all right. So, okay, footprints, okay. And then you hear footsteps in your attic. Things are getting freaky now. Uh, Your your keys, some of your keys disappear. You find a a newspaper in your house. But the thing
1: is, you didn't buy it. I don't even know how to read.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The interesting thing about the newspaper is he actually thought that the mailman had just like accidentally left it with him. So he tried to go to the mailman and the mailman was like, nobody here even subscribes to that.
0: Yeah, we, we don't read. We can't read. So why would you think we would subscribe to this? And then to top it all off, you see a man watching your house from the woods repeatedly. This is what's going on on a farm in Bavaria in 1922 called Hinterkaifeck.
1: Now, I find it interesting, like Hinterkaifeck isn't really the official name. It's just kind of the unofficial house name. Uh, the actual city is, uh, is Kaifek. It's a single farm settlement about, uh, about half a mile away from the, quote, murder farm. Uh, hinter <laughs> is actually a prefix. It means behind. So the actual name of the place means behind the city. And then
0: the, uh, the bigger places around this are, are it's, it's basically between two cities. called One's called Engelstadt and the other is called Schrobenhausen. Now, let me tell you some quick facts just real quick, because I keep on finding weird facts about cities, and I'm loving it. So in Ingolstadt, if you go to the city museum, you can see the preserved remains of Swedish King Gustavus Adolphus's horse. <laughs> really got your hopes up there, right?
2: You did for a second. Yeah. <laughs> horse
0: they were shot out from under him during a swedish siege of ingolstadt on april 30th 1632 which when this is published yesterday so if you're listening to this on the day it comes out yesterday was the 388th anniversary of that illustrious event and they have had the horse preserved ever since the horse was shot at with a cannon Damn. <laughs> oh my god
1: oh my god <laughs> and, and nothing now but four legs and a fine red mist
0: now king adolphus he would survive this but in the following november he died in battle and his horse from that battle is preserved in sweden so he has not one but two of his horses preserved
2: wait wait did the horse die in the second battle or was he like no the horse gets preserved now
0: yeah the horse pretty much got it died yeah it may okay, or may yeah. not have been shot out from underneath him too i am i going just to...
2: wanted to verify that the horse actually died and he wasn't like stuff it anyway
1: i am going Who's to that? hereby from now on swedish siege will be known as a siege dish <laughs> <laughs> i love it a swede dish now i don't oh, right, know okay. i like siege dish yeah, better. I, I like yours better actually
0: yeah, well, we're going to have to fight it out. Right on. <laughs> I, I like yours. yours better. No, I like yours better. <laughs> to the death. Wrestle like Lincoln. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, and then in Schrobenhausen, there's a three-story museum dedicated to white asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, um, the Germans love their white asparagus. It's produced a lot in the town, the region. This museum even has an Andy Warhol And I think it's probably the cream of asparagus soup because I couldn't find really anything else I didn't related to uh asparagus and Andy Warhol. Yes, this is a Google search that I did. They have an asparagus queen that is chosen every year, she's the Sparrow Konigin. Uh, the 2019 queen was Lena Hanselmer.
1: She's chosen by whose ever urine smells the most (laughs) like silly putty gone bad.
0: So Hinter Kaifek is kind of a weird place in between two kind of weird places, but those weird places are much more playful than the place where um spoiler murders happened. So the, why, the previous... why would they
1: be here? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Not really yeah, a right. spoiler. A crime happened. Spoilers. <laughs> Yes, yeah. right in the name of the show, Christy.
0: I, I know. I, I came up with it. <laughs> so the previous maid, the one who left because she, she heard voices, that's apparently not backed up by her statement to police, but there was definitely something weird going on there. Uh, the lock on the door where those footprints that, that um. I, well, I, I jumped ahead actually because I... Jumped ahead. So I should actually go back and talk about the people who live here. Duh. Um, So, yeah, this is a tiny uh, little area. The farm, Uh, no neighbors to the north and south. The nearest neighbor was like a fifth of a mile away. Possibly. I don't know. The numbers could have been wrong. Uh, And the Gruber family lives here. Uh, That's uh, Andreas uh, at 63 year old. He's the the patriarch. His wife, Cecilia, uh, 72. Now their daughter, Victoria Gabriel, she was a widow at 35. And her kids, uh, only somewhat confusingly, also named Cecilia, was uh, at seven and Yosef, two Uh, And then you also had the maid, Maria Baumgartner, 44, although she didn't arrive until
2: right before the events we're about to talk about. Bad, bad luck, bad luck. Now, I did find something interesting. Victoria actually is the owner of Hinterkaifeck.
0: Yes, yes, she is. It was uh, I didn't know why, though. I I, I I couldn't find why.
1: I imagine. Oh, that's okay. It might be a situation where it was uh, it was kind of what my mother did. Uh, whenever she started to get up in age, my mother went, "I'm signing the house over to you," meaning that there would be no real real pain in the ass whenever the uh, whenever the inevitable happens and someone passes away. There's no real pain in the ass with the will.
0: That makes sense. That's very logical. Yeah. So the family was known to be pretty well off, but very, very hardworking folks. Uh, they didn't have any real enemies. And that's directly from one of our eventual suspects statement to police. So um, they kept to themselves a lot. They, uh, he, This particular person who we'll introduce in a little bit, uh, he said they didn't have any real enemies, but they also didn't really seem to have any friends. So they just were very uh, reclusive and didn't go out of their way to talk to people. Um, and then so it's March 1922 when Andreas sees the footprints that we mentioned earlier. Uh, it's newly fallen snow. The prints go up to the machine room and the lock on the door there is broken. Not good. So a few days later, he tells his neighbors all about all these weird happenings, the footsteps in the attic, lost keys, the paper, which was the Munich Daily. Uh, and he, they offer suggestions. They offer help. They offer him a gun. And he says no. Uh, he did do some very thorough searches of his property, trying to find out if anything weird was going on, but he didn't find anything. And then around uh, March thirtieth, uh, uh, little Cazilia, it's gonna be um I'm gonna call him Mama Kaz- no Grandmama Casilia, Cecilia, and little Cecilia to differentiate between the two. Um, the people called her uh, little Cecilia silly, but that's uh, hurts my heart a little too much.
1: Spoilers. <laughs> Everybody's doomed, so, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> um, Everybody
1: that we've mentioned is dead and not in a nice way. Yeah,
0: and not just because so much time has passed since this happened. <laughs> so, uh, little Cecilia, she had a friend who would later report that Victoria actually ran away on March 30th because there had been a big fight at the house and there had been some violence, but they they found her, like, in the woods, So the next day after that was the day that the new uh, housekeeper was arriving, Maria Baumgartner. Her sister brings her and then leaves soon after that. And then a few days go by and people start kind of noticing some red flags. You have little Cecilia not showing up for school. You have the mailman noticing that the mail is piling up. And uh, as always happens in this case, you know, you have the door-to-door coffee salesman. They're always the first to report when
1: something weird's going on, guys. Oh, my God. Why Uh, isn't that a thing now?
2: (laughs) I wish. I know. Victoria also didn't show up for church, and she she sang in the choir. She was at every Sunday mass. Oh, yeah. So she didn't show up on Sunday, and then nobody else has seen them. So it gets a little suspicious.
1: little hint, Maria had the worst first day of work ever. (laughs) Yes,
0: definitely. Just try topping that. So on April 4th, uh, Albert Hoffner comes by. He's doing some repairs on the food chopper engine, which is, I guess, a thing. Just like door-to-door coffee salesman. And he spends about five and a half hours on the farm. Up, like He gets there. He hangs out for an hour waiting to see if anybody shows up. Nobody is around. So he's like, all right, I guess I'll do, do my work. He actually said in his statement that he was doing a lot of singing and whistling as he was working, much like one of the seven dwarves. Um, but in his case, it was because he was trying to get some attention from anybody on the property. And it was getting kind of eerie. So he spends about five and a half hours there. He actually leaves. This guy's a late worker. He leaves at like 3 a.m. <laughs> like, I guess night owl, but, you know, I was so sure. It's kind of weird. When he got there, the dogs were inside and barking. When he left, there was one dog outside tied up and the barn door was open.
1: Uh, that's, so that's he not, gets word. Not to not a little... uh Aside, like, he had his zipper down while he was working. No, the actual barn door was open. For all we knew, he did have his zipper down, Scott. You this don't know. True. This is true. And nobody's he, around. It's easy access. If you have to take a piss, why not?
2: He just worked with it hanging out. That's yeah. what it was. It's more efficient, you know?
1: God, Be goddamned if I'd work on a mechanized food shopper with my dick hanging out. I'm just saying. Accidents that sounds like happen.
0: a very smart idea. Yeah. So... <laughs> hoffner gets word about the kind of weird happenings here or maybe lack of happenings to lorenz schlittenbauer who is the village guide and this was just basically i had to look this up this was somebody who coordinated harvesting when it was done communally pasture operations they represented the community's interest helped with bureaucratic matters and so that's probably why he went specifically to Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Although there could have been other reasons. So Schlittenbauer first he sends his his sons out to check, and his sons don't find anything. So he goes like, "All right,
1: well, I guess I'll go." His he son's takes couple- name, his sons' name, Johann and Josef Schlittenbauer, the most German names I can think of.
0: <laughs> it is, those are quite German, but it's it, it's there's so many Josefs and so many Johans. <laughs> And it's like there's Victorias everywhere. It's crazy.
1: couple uh, of hate offs.
0: Yes, we do have a couple of 8 offs. Yes, we do. Uh, so it's Germany. <laughs> so Schlittenbauer, he takes the men out to the Hinterkaifeck farm. And they find now things have changed even from when Hoffner was there. The barn door is now closed. Uh, and the dog is now in the barn and there's also bodies. Uh someone had murdered this entire three generation family as well as the maid. Now
2: on her first day at work God. on her
0: damn it had been like 2 hours or something. They don't even know the exact time of death and even the day can p- potentially be disputed. But, yeah, I mean, she probably was just, like, you know, introduced herself to the family, maybe had dinner with them, went to bed, and then was murdered.
1: Think about how nervous you are on the first day of any new job, and then you get murdered during it.
0: (laughs) And you're like, what was I so nervous about? (laughs) It clearly could have been worse. So the next time you're nervous about a new job, just remember, you're probably not going to get murdered on your first day.
1: This is true. Probably. Probably. I mean, there is a non-zero chance that it will happen. Yeah. I need to find out these percentages. (laughs) (laughs) How many people are murdered on their first day at a new job?
0: So, all right. The the bodies in the barn are uh, just a warning. I actually started to get a a tad sick to my stomach recounting these details in my research. So uh, not terribly bad, just a little bit like i could stand to not read about this so you know if you're if you're a little queasy you know just know that it it was brutal and there was lots of hitting um but uh if you're not you know hang in there with us we're gonna get through this together andreas uh the right half of his face was smashed there were wounds in his cheeks and eye his cheekbones were sticking out and the flesh was shredded cecilia the elder she had a cracked skull cap, a triangular head wound, seven blows on the head, and signs of strangulation. Victoria also had strangulation marks on her neck. The right half of her face was smashed. She had a small round injury on top of her head and nine star-shaped wounds. Uh, and also, additionally, the, uh, the autopsy that was done noted that she was not pregnant. Cecilia, uh, the younger, she had a gaping wound across the neck and a smashed skull, joseph no those were all they were all found in the barn
2: um and it- the the younger cecilia also had her lower jaw shattered um her skull was smashed with several blows uh her neck revealed a wide gaping transverse wound and the right of her face had a circular wound
0: yeah i think it was like a small circular wound like on her cheek or something or next to her nose it was it's kind of an odd mention, but
2: she's the one that breaks me.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's the one that uh, she's 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 tough. Uh, we'll 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 get through the get through the rest of the brokenness here, and then get to the more brokenness with little Cecilia. Oh my goodness! Um, so Yosef, uh, this is this is in the house. He and and the the new housekeeper Maria are found. Yosef was in his bed uh the his head was split at the temple and this injury was said to be inflicted with quote such senseless rage that blood and brain parts stuck to the head of the bed end quote and that's from like a, not the exact autopsy report but a report of the report because the exact autopsy report got lost um uh, maria Baumgartner. who, who
2: would do that to a two-year-old
0: I know, and it's really interesting that they brought up the – there wasn't any sort of mention of emotion in any of the other descriptions. Just that one. Maybe it was because it was hard to imagine anybody doing that without being either driven to the point of insanity or halluc- you know, extreme hallucinations and delusions or senseless rage. If
1: – okay. So I, I kind of have a bit of a theory about this. Somebody, somebody who knew, and a little bit of a spoilers for a little bit later on. There's some incest going on in the group. Why do you spoil that? Well, here's the thing: we're saying like, who would do that to to a child? Some religious freak who saw the child as an abomination to God.
2: That's certainly a possibility.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I'm muting myself so I can pour my beer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because even um, one of the other reports I found um, who was trying to make it sound nicer by just saying heavy blow to the face also added that the top of the bassinet he was sleeping in was destroyed. So he was hit hard enough to literally destroy his little bed.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really, really brutal. And then Maria Baumgartner, she is found in her bed. Her skull is smashed, and she has a four-centimeter-deep hole in the back of her head.
2: Poor Maria. Yeah, Maria. Seriously? (laughs) This poor woman. She didn't even know
1: these people. The worst thing is, she didn't even get paid for her first day. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. And even if she had
0: gotten paid, she wouldn't have had a chance to spend it. Right.
1: Right. She didn't get paid for her first day of work. And she's probably like, we're all the same. I know with my, any new job that I have, I'm looking forward to, what am I going to buy with my first paycheck? I'm really going to splurge myself. I'm going to get a nice new hat and make all the other women in Johnstown jealous. That's exactly what I, w- what I would do. And she's going into this nervous, but dreaming of like her first paycheck, and pretty soon she doesn't need a hat. Oh my God. Very true. Uh, so it's
0: interesting... If you heard some similarities in there, uh, Cecilia, the the elder, and Victoria, they seem to get the brunt of the head blows at seven for one and nine for the other. And they were also the only two who had strangulation marks. There's something, I think, in that difference.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Now most of uh the family and and the household died pr- probably instantly except little cecilia she they found in her hand clumps of her own hair uh it, she appeared to have pulled it out as she was uh, suffering for 2 to 3 hours before she succumbed to her injuries
1: that sickens me i mean whenever i read that that sickened me right to my stomach
0: yeah i'm sick to my stomach literally as we speak like i yeah i don't mm, god it's okay, okay all right i'm gonna okay um now, before the police could get out there, apparently people just trampled all over the crime scene, as they do. They moved stuff around, including the bodies. In fact, our good old village guide, guide Slittenbauer, he moved the bodies around. Somebody it said made a meal in the kitchen and had a quick bite. Um, of
1: course. Although,
0: Why not? That was actually the killer. I was going to say, they mentioned that, but I'm like, how do you differentiate between that and the meal that the killer apparently had? I don't
2: know. Well, I, I can tell you how. <laughs> so, well, if they admit it. Well, no, but the, the killer actually stayed there for several days. So, mind you, it was four days from when they were killed to when they were discovered. So, the killer stayed there. Um, the farm animals and a Pomeranian watchdog were unharmed and taken care of. They were fed. The cows were milked. Uh, several neighbors reported seeing fires on the hearth and seeing the smoke coming out in the days in between. Um, so there's a lot of evidence actually that he stayed there and ate meals and took care of the animals like for at least three days before he's like, you know, I should probably get out of Dodge now. And he
0: even devoured all the bread. (laughs) He ate all the bread, which, uh, it was
2: going to go bad. It was going (laughs) to go bad. He had some meat too.
1: (laughs) You go to the Olive Garden. Don't fill up on bread. (laughs) It's endless soup and pasta.
0: <laughs> he just hung out. It's very strange. Uh so and there were also He was living
2: there for at least 6 months beforehand in the fucking attic. Like that was his house. He could have just been uh I, I don't know there was
0: some weird stuff that comes up later with that maid where she keeps on talking about people coming up to her window and talking to her and I'm like all right so you're cool with that. <laughs> but Other voices in the house, that's where you draw the line. In a house where like five other people are
1: living. Here's the thing, though. Whenever the perpetrator leaves, he leaves the money, a large amount of money. Just leaves it. And it wasn't like it was hidden well. It it would have been easily found. It was practically laying right next to the bread. (laughs) He's (laughs) like, should I take the money or
0: should I take the bread? You know what? I'm not going to listen to Scott. I'm going to fill up on bread. Mm Mm-hmm. No, you fill up
1: on both. (laughs) They're not mutually exclusive. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to do one or the other. First off, you probably just shouldn't murder entire families.
2: Yes. Maybe.
0: So the townspeople, actually, they react in force to this. They're out patrolling the woods with literally pitchforks and also axes. But I love that the villagers came out with their pitchforks and they probably had some torches. It was Frankenstein. That's what (laughs) I was thinking. (laughs) It was Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so the investigation begins and it is led by Inspector George Reingruber of the Munich Police Department. They did the autopsies right there in the barn. They Luckily, thankfully, they didn't just do them on the floor. They actually laid out a table to do the autopsies over the course of two days. But Reingruber, he was on the scene for maybe a few hours and then did the rest of the investigation by phone and by mail, of a ton of people involved in this. There was uh, one of my sources on that uh, net. I mean I would be hard pressed to find it again because navigation is a little rough but there wa- were tables of people who were involved from like five or six different municipalities or townships or whatever you want to call them um, Osberg, Newburgh, Munich, Hauenburg, Schrobenhausen, Strobenhausen uh, at least in just in 1922 you had at least 45 people c- police men, court representatives, magistrates, 45 people working on this just in that first year. Um, but it's, maybe that's how the autopsy report got lost. Too many cooks in the kitchen.
1: Man, you are just in your element saying all these German city names, aren't you?
0: <laughs> I didn't know I was good at saying German things until today. <laughs> <laughs> I was today years old when I found that out. Apparently, I, it, I might I, I might be bad at it, and we might need somebody who's German to leave us a five star review on uh, Apple Podcasts there and tell me how horribly I'm pronouncing German things.
1: I think it sounds it sounds angry every time you do it, so I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> well, it,
0: <laughs> It's kind. It is kind of therapeutic saying all these these angry sounding German words when I'm angry about like
1: the 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 poor little girl, you know. So I
0: I, I encourage you guys say German words angrily. It, now, it's it's a good feeling.
1: Now I'll tell you what my favorite German word is coming up here. Uh, the you were talking about like interrogations done by phone. The last interrogations took place in 1986. Yeah. <laughs> by a uh, this is uh, this is uh, the guy who did the investigations was brace yourselves for it criminal hopped that's his title Conrad Mueller nice more than 100 suspects have been questioned throughout the years amazing yeah it's amazing
0: bonkers Uh, as far as the autopsy all we have is notes that were taken on the autopsy reports and uh, so they would basically get the autopsy. Then they would call up somebody in, in Munich and that person would take notes on the condition. So we have those notes and some other third hand information.
1: And we did, did... Ha- we did have the skulls for a while, too. The, the skulls of the victims were removed and they were sent to Munich and the heads were kept in a justice building in Augsburg. And we're really sorry. America's sorry. We, we destroyed them in the bombings during World War Two. Oops.
0: But the reason that they were sent there was so that mediums, uh, three of them, uh, Miss Bull, Miss Jew, and Troudl. No, uh, wait, the middle one is named Miss Jew? Yeah, it's short for Juergens or something like that. I couldn't, I, I didn't write it down because she, she went by Miss Jew. So I was like, all right, whatever you want. Well, I know what some <laughs> of the Germans thought, you
1: know, who messed this case up. Oh,
0: J-U, but okay. <laughs> I didn't even catch that until now. I'm so slow. Um <laughs> And they were, these mediums were led by a Dr. Joseph Baum, a, pff, Jesus, um, a vet and parapsychologist. They did, seriously.
1: Wait, a veterinarian and
0: parapsychologist. Yep. Yep. He was those two things. A veteran, unless the translation was wrong, because this is from like primary sources that are in German. And then Don't care. It,
2: Let's go with it. I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I'm going with it. That, <laughs>
1: sure. Your dog is calling me from the other side. Also, I have some <laughs> bad news about the health of your dog. Scruffles didn't make it, but he says he forgives you for the horrible accident with picking your veterinarian.
0: And they did legit depositions of these mediums who would do seances with the skulls and handle the skulls and then like touch other um, like belongings of the victims and such. And it was it was all bullshit. They got literally nothing from it. Uh, And yeah, for the first public prosecutor and a police inspector spent their time on this. Very, very well done. So that means uh, since if you if you've done the math here uh, that you have six bodies that are separated from their heads. Those heads are taken somewhere else and then lost. Yes, they were buried without their heads.
1: Uh, and Saves yeah, money on the coffins.
0: I mean, the, the, but what a way to go about saving money. I mean, how much of a penny pincher can you be?
1: I'm going to be buried in what my uh, mortician calls the cardboard warrior. <laughs> I, I didn't want to spring for the Tupper Tomb my
0: god so the uh the murder weapon was figured out it was it was kind of like they looked at the wounds they were like we think this was a matic which seems to be kind of like a why didn't i write down the description of it
2: i have that um so they actually didn't find it until they ripped the house down
0: yeah like a year later
2: yeah yeah um but it was a matic. Um, It was kept in the tool shed. It is similar to a pickaxe. It has a long handle with a stout head. Uh, uh, it combines both an axe blade and a cutter or a pick and a cutter. Um, this one in particular was built by Andreas Gruber. He made it himself.
1: Pick your Stormbreaker from uh, Infinity War.
2: Sure.
0: I'll pretend I've seen that. Okay. <laughs> So uh, the public prosecutor initially said the murder were all killed by blows to the head and the nature of the injuries indicates the use of various tools. So when, a, you know, almost a century later, there would be another investigation done on this into the, you know, all the the sources and all the information. They looked at other things that were found near the bodies and there actually was a table that kind of cross-checked the various wounds and whether or not those other items could have caused them. So, for instance, they had a band iron, which is a flat steel strip that is used for forging. That was found near the bodies in the barn, covered in blood. There was a pocket knife found near Andreas. There was a cross hoe. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Uh, it was found, but in the postmortem, they excluded it as the main weapon. So, okay, so the way it works out is you look at this table, and it has all the different parts of the matic that could have caused the wounds. You know, there's the there's the head, and there's the the stem, and there's the you know the um, screw, and all this stuff. And the screw actually protruded because it was not professionally built. And so you, they, they, set up all the different wounds, and there's X's where all those particular, you know, parts of the matic could have inflicted them, and then you have all these other things: the the, the pocket knife, the band iron, the cross hoe. It's basically all of them. Could definitely be attributed to some part of the matic, but some could potentially have come from other objects that were found around the bodies. Like the, uh for instance, the younger uh, Cecilia, she had the one of the wounds on the back of her head could have been inflicted by the top of the matic, the band iron, the crosshoe, or the pocket knife. So it's very much kind why of why not all three, four
1: actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, There's probably a fifth one in there, and we just can't figure it out because of just the damage.
2: Somebody probably them. took it as a souvenir.
0: <laughs> Most likely. Murder picnics again.
2: Yeah, and, and that's, like, the thing that I couldn't get over is they're, like, they came over, like, neighbors came over and poked the bodies. And I'm like, you know what? Like, as as awful as that sounds, I would probably be that person that would be, like, let me poke it with a stick.
0: <laughs> you absolutely would, Yes. Watch what happens when I jab it in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a 100,000 mark reward put up uh, that's later increased to 500,000 marks. Now, that sounds like a lot. Until you learn about the hyperinflation that had been occurring since World War One and was really ramping the crap up. Oh, my gosh. That wasn't
1: really enough to buy the bread that was
0: eaten. I mean, it was, but it's still, it's not nearly as much as what it sounds like. And later it would be far, far less. By October 1923, so like a year and a half after all of this, one U.S. dollar equaled 10 trillion marks. Yeah. and This was just constantly climbing, but on March 31st, 1922... One U.S. dollar equaled 284 marks. So the first reward was about $352. And depending on when it was issued, I don't know, these rewards were declining in value as the, you know, as the seconds ticked on. The second reward was, reward was probably around
1: $1,700. I just picture like, the murderer like, coming up a little bit later on and going like, look, if you don't turn me in, I'll give you a nickel.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically it's the same thing.
2: <laughs> well, and that's the thing because he had stacks and stacks of money in the house i don't understand why the police were like here's your reward money like <laughs> i mean you got to do it legally that money is, technically
0: goes to you know is, is somebody's inheritance um, <laughs> well, i read something about all right so i think cecilia the older had a sister i i didn't incorporate this because it wasn't super germane to the case but i think the old, she wasn't super german to the case but I think Cecilia had a sister, I think, or maybe uh, maybe Andreas did, that disputed the inheritance of the farm because another person who thought he should get it was um Lorenz Schlittenbauer, uh,
1: or Fucking maybe his the father. Baumgartner's family should get it. here's your Here's your daughter's first day of pay. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, yeah, I'm not super I'm, I'm kind of hazy on that because I was kind of skimming it and trying to see if there was anything super pertinent in there. And it didn't seem like it was. But and also, again, that that page was kind of hard to navigate, but it was all super, super informative. So there are no fingerprints taken even though fingerprints are a thing at this point. Uh, they're not s- really super accepted, but they're a, they're a thing. Uh, there's only five pictures taken, two in the barn, one in the maid's room, uh, one of Joseph's bassinet, and one from outside. And yes, there are uh, dead bodies in some of these pictures. Don't look them up. Do not. Yes, and we will not put them up on social media. Maybe we'll put up the house, but not the ones with the bodies.
1: I got to change a Unless... couple of the, uh, the pre-made posts then. Never mind. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're
2: not they're I'm, not that graphic.
1: I'm they're kidding. not
2: that
0: graphic, but they're that thing where you 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 re, you don't quite realize what you're looking at it and then you start looking a little bit closer and then you're like, "Oh, no." And then your mind starts like filling in the lap, I,
2: like it's I see intense. that's the difference between you and me cuz I was zooming. Of course. You were.
0: <laughs> so the initial idea is uh that the police have is that uh They thought the animals in the barn were being noisy, probably because somebody was in there riling them up in order to draw people from the household. So one by one, these people were being lured out of the household. Uh, But later they tested it out. They had somebody in the barn screaming, a human scream. You could not hear that from the house. So it seems unlikely that you would hear some cows mooing or whatever.
1: This is straight out of like... If you think of the way it happened, like they said they were being lured out to the barn. So probably what it was, was it was, it was a thing where somebody went back to the barn and was like, oh, George hasn't come back. Steve, would you mind running out and getting George? And then Steve doesn't go back. I don't know. Cecilia, go out and see what the hell the boys are doing. And then she doesn't come back. That's almost, I guarantee that's almost the way it happened. And one by one. And pretty soon, it's poor Maria alone in the house, in the bed, freaking out on her l- first day with the baby. Let's hope that she was asleep.
0: But they were in separate rooms—the sh- the, uh, separate bedrooms—Maria uh, and the baby.
1: Probably wanted but to still. give the baby her privacy.
0: Yeah, so the uh, <laughs> the probable order uh, that the police came up with was Victoria, then her mother Cecilia, then Andreas, and then little Cecilia. Um, and then the killer probably went to the house and uh, murdered the, uh, Maria and then little Yosef. So,
1: suspects. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, suspects.
1: There's so many suspects. Who do we start with?
0: Uh, I guess let's... I want to start... I have Carl Gabriel listed first, but I want to start with Lorenz
1: Schlittenbauer.
0: Let's start well, with
1: Lorenz, because Lorenz, Lorenz is kind of interesting. He's
0: quite interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, his wife of 19 years, who was named Victoria, dun,
2: dun, but is not,
0: right, but is not the murdered Victoria, it's another Victoria, but she also died. Um, <laughs> Jesus. oh, the Victorias are dropping like flies here, people. If your name is Victoria, watch. Uh, So she died on July 14th, 1918. And that's actually about two months after Schlittenbauer's mom died. So he was having a rough year that year. Uh, And I'm just going to guess Spanish flu. It didn't have causes of death anywhere on on that website, but I'm going to guess Spanish flu because
1: 1918. Yeah. Good guess.
0: So he started up something with... uh, with victoria pretty soon after
1: smart let's move. just smart move on Lorenz's part because quite honestly it saves the embarrassment of yelling out the wrong name
0: exactly very very smart um now he's when they started up is
2: debatable we don't know for sure I had that they, according to an interview, Schlittenbauer and Victoria began sleeping together towards the end of 1918.
0: Okay. All right. Because I was wondering around when it was because of the fact that Yosef was born on September 7th, 1919, and that's only like 14, 15 months after Victoria Schlittenbauer died. I was like, he moves fast and, you know, get with the other Victoria and potentially knock her up potentially
1: um,
2: yeah well he didn't seem to think so well,
1: yeah he agreed with that assertion so, okay yeah, so yosef's birth certificate the initials ls do appear
2: but that also could be whoever attended the birth this is true or um, a
0: witness potentially as well a witness yes. to the signing of the birth certificate whatever
2: so what i have is is victoria actually wanted lorenz to marry her and he was open to it but when she told him that she was pregnant he doubted it was his he thought it was her dad andreas gruber because he knew about the inappropriate relations going on so lorenz actually went and filed a complaint with the police against andreas gruber and victoria for their incest
1: well they both spent time in jail because of it
2: They did. Now, okay. In the
0: original documents, actually, it says that he did, but she didn't, potentially because she had just had a baby, and they were like, well, you know. I know, and I've
2: seen a couple things there. Um, I had that they both went for a year. I had that um, he went for a year and she went for a month, and then I did see one where she didn't go, but he went for a year. Yeah, I
0: think that was the case, but I found an interesting uh, difference between uh, what you said and another source uh, says that actually uh, Andreas Gruber stopped the idea of Victoria and uh, Lorenz Schlittenbauer marrying.
2: Yes, he he absolutely opposed it. So nobody wanted this except Victoria. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, basically, and this was uh, one of my favorite phrases from the... uh, primary sources I was reading. Possibly a translation thing, I don't know. But like three days after the birth, uh, he reported them for what's known as a blood disgrace.
1: Ooh. Uh, I don't know anything about that. My grandmother was a crip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he basically, basically says, hey, these two are incesting it up uh, and I think the baby's theirs and do something. And they do something, whether it's Both of them behind bars or just him behind bars is unknown uh, And him being Andreas And so, Victoria actually Convinces Schlitt to withdraw his Accusation in late September And to recognize Joseph as his son So Andreas is released on September 27th, but then On October 9th Schlittenbauer reports Andreas for blood disgrace Again <laughs> Stop being a blood disgrace, you blood disgrace, so uh they filed complaint of and a complaint of incest on december thirty first uh, but they ended up being acquitted now, the interesting thing is uh andreas i think now this was just how they described, it, but I think andreas, if he's acquitted, he could have been compensated for being detained before the trial. But he did not receive any said compensation, and there were no perjury charges for Schlittenbauer, who at this point in my notes I have started abbreviating to Schlitt. Um,
1: <laughs> Makes sense to me.
0: Tough Schlitt. <laughs> so, tough Schlitt. I love it. So the assumption is that it wasn't necessarily that they were so sure that the, the uh, Andreas and Victoria were innocent of blood disgrace, but just, there was a lack of evidence.
2: So. Okay, so Victoria actually was pleading with uh, Schlitz. I'm going to just call him that now. Whatever. Absolutely. Um, so she actually pled with him to just like accept the child as his. And he did kind of agree. So he started referring to baby jo- Joseph as mine, and, and forgive me, I don't, I don't speak German, Mein Buberl, which means my boy. Yes. So he, he did start calling him like my boy, but um, never made it, like, official.
0: Yeah, it seemed like he would never, like, put himself on any sort of documentation, but the he did, like, give her some money. But then maybe she gave it back? I don't know. Again, it was translated from German. It was a little confusing. But interestingly, word was from, from several people around town that uh, Schlitt and uh, Andreas Gruber kind of... I don't want to say kissed and made up, but they, they made up. They they, they, they at least uh, were, were more neutral uh, as the, the years went on until 1922.
2: Well, they were neighbors, too. And, and these are farm communities. So you kind of have to help your neighbors. That's a very, very good point. Yeah. you okay. could have I think it. eventually they had to bury the pickaxe.
1: Andre, <laughs> I, thought, I thought things were very weird between you and Victoria. But I have been on X videos, and I'm saying it's much more common. Please forgive me. <laughs>
0: I think I think we we bypassed Amber's standing ovation.
1: Yeah, we really did. <laughs> Sorry about that. Did no, you, no,
0: yours was good too. Yours was excellent.
1: Didn't mean but to I steal just, your thunder.
0: <laughs> I just want no. Everybody has their thunder, and it's wonderful thunder. Thank you guys. That was beautiful. <laughs> I'm so happy. I, I shouldn't be so happy when we're talking about a gruesome murder. <laughs> so, um, what happened was as we mentioned earlier. Schlitt was the one, along with two companions, who found the bodies. When they got to the farm, all the doors were locked. The suspicion kind of was cast upon him, not only for his kind of weird relationship with the family, but also because of a couple different reasons. I mean, they, they kind of pile up here. He moved the bodies around. He was the one who was moving bodies around. Um, I was right. just looking for my voice, Not under her. <laughs> <laughs> when he does go running looking for uh my booberel as you know, my boy. Uh he said, Where can my booberel be? And runs into the house, which I just said a minute ago it was locked. Oh, he had a key.
1: Hmm. A Do you remember some, key.
0: a suspicious key because some keys went missing earlier. But also sometimes your
2: neighbors have your keys too, you know.
1: Not my out. neighbors. I don't trust those fucks.
2: Well, he's he's not only a neighbor, he is maybe or maybe not sleeping with the, the owner of the homestead. And potentially the father of her child. And potentially the father of her child. Yeah. So as long like, as daddy, granddaddy isn't the father of the child. <laughs> so, I mean, it's possible that she gave him the key and didn't tell her dad that that's what happened. Absolutely. And he was just yeah, like, there's in. a key missing. And she's just trying to get freaky in the middle of the night. Absolutely, Amber's all about the sneaky freaky I am, you have no idea (laughs) I just made that up
0: and I'm so happy I hope nobody else has thought of that
2: before (laughs) I need far more sneaky freaky in my life
1: (laughs) Googling it now, sneaky freaky Do Um, it Sneaky freaky Uh, Oh, it's a bake shop in uh, North Carolina (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: why i don't even know sneaky
2: cupcakes bitch
1: let's see here they... sneaky freaky bake shop oh it's closed so good news um it says everything here... is closed yeah
2: sneaky... wait did you say bake or bait
1: bake b a k e the sneaky freaky uh bake shop uh due to health reasons the sneaky freaky well, bake it's... shop will be closed indefinitely this is from uh, this is from July 3rd of last year. Oh, okay. Let's see. It is a chef-owned and operated pastry and coffee shop serving handmade pastries, bread puddings, cupcake, and Kono espresso.
2: They are not open, and they are not getting the sneaky freaky.
1: Well, not anymore. <laughs> it's all yours now.
2: You want to know what else is not open? The house before Lorenz Schlittenbauer moves in. <laughs> exactly and he mm-hmm. goes in
0: alone which raises some questions that may or may not be able to be answered there's definitely two potential sides that you can take with this it's probably just making sure they're all dead yeah,
1: yeah. Well, n-
0: no one knew if the killer was still around so ostensibly uh, or maybe the killer was right there with the key unlocking the door and saying where can my buberle be uh, so he said he was looking for Yosef so here's the two possibilities either he had no reason to be afraid because he was the killer. So he knew. And he was like, I I, I know that the killer left and then came back because I, hi, I'm him. Um, or he didn't care about the possible danger because he was just worried about Yosef. So there's two very strong ideas there. I honestly couldn't decide which side I fell on.
1: Every Here's the thing. He seems damn suspicious, but then, Everybody we're going to talk about seems damn suspicious. Everybody behaved very stupidly.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of weird behavior here. The Matic that we talked about earlier, he said, no, this was reported. This is actually kind of like secondhand. But he said that on, it was actually his and Andreas stole it from him. But we also have somebody else who says that they watched Andreas make it. So, you know, who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. But if that was the case, you know, did he say that? Did he say, oh, that matic is mined and Andrea stole it because his fingerprints were on it? Because he used it to kill six people? You know? So
1: now, thank God they um, didn't take fingerprints, huh?
0: Exactly, right? <laughs> thank Small well, mercies, it, man. Small mercies.
2: Did you see the thing about um like years later when when Schlittenbauer was on the found on the property and questioned in 1925? Did you see that?
1: I did not. I st-
2: I saw it, but I didn't record it. Go, go for it. Okay. So he was, he was sitting and staring at the demolished Hinterkaifeck years later and a local teacher had happened by and, uh, was started to talk to him and, uh, Schlitz was like, yeah, the the perpetrator's attempt to bury the family, uh, it was hindered by the frozen ground and the teacher's kind of like, how would you know that? And he's like, I, I am a farmer. I know about these things. But he also lived in the area. He did. That- but why would you sit there and be like, I should have buried those fuckers? That like- <laughs> is
0: weird. But it, it seems like he, I mean, you, you, if if Yosef was his son, then he had lost his son and his lover. And that'll mess you up. <laughs> that'll, that'll make you have some real dark moments, I'm sure. Dark I don't know. Dark moments,
2: yes. But like I couldn't imagine going back to the crime scene and being like, if only the ground wasn't frozen, they'd be buried right here.
0: Yeah, that that is strange. Like and people, that's really weird. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of the locals agreed with you. They they suspected him. They said, you know, he's saying stuff that only the murderer could know, and the suspective motive was either revenge for the incest or uh, a, a, then basically just taking everyone down in the area or uh, avoiding financial support for the kids. So that's the very two very different uh motivations he died in 1941 but up until then for for many years he was called the murderer of Hinterkaifeck and he even uh had that's some slander
1: suits he, he brought up yeah that's that's kind of how he made a little bit of a living cuz he won several civil claims yeah, yeah yeah he
0: sued people for slander and, yeah. and won <laughs> yeah
2: so one of one of the the happy parts at least to me in this in this horrible murder is that andreas died um because I don't, I don't know if you guys found this thing, aside from his proclivities for incest, um, there were rumors that he and his wife had other children, but she was the only one to survive into adulthood because of him.
1: Ew. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I did not find that.
0: That is amazing that you found that, Amber. I didn't see that anywhere. Bravo. Bravo.
2: So, like, th- I was very happy that he died because I saw that because, um yeah, I guess he was very violent, um and I, I just found a blurb that said he had other children with Cazellia besides Victoria, but she was the only one to survive his violent hands into adulthood.
1: Oh, my wow. God. I just came up with a theory that's really fucking out there.
2: That he killed everybody and then killed himself?
1: No. No. <laughs> that one of the kids that they had He beat them, didn't kill him, but kind of brain damaged him. And the reason why he wasn't freaked out that much about, like, somebody in the attic is because that's where the kid lived. All right, so I do
0: have uh, children listed for him. We have, of course, Victoria. We have – hang on, I'm going to bring the laptop a little closer so I can talk into the mic. All right. We have Sophie Gruber, who was born in 1889, so two years after Victoria. Um, and then she died in 1891, so she survived only two years, and then non-baptized daughter of unknown name, born 1892, and died the same day. Um, those are the ones that are listed uh, as, as his, his offspring, so that's...
2: Hmm. But who knows, they could have had extras. And he could
0: have been the reason that those two didn't make it. I mean, we have other children listed here. So that 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 right there is something. I mean, it's not definitive proof of anything, but it's it's definitely, you know, kind of an eyebrow
1: raiser. Yeah. So
0: do we have anything else about Schlittenbauer? Does anything have any did I miss anything?
1: I think that pretty much covered Schlittenbauer. All right. Should we hit up Carl Gabriel next? I think so. Carl Gabriel's interesting because I think this this is the first time that we have a suspect who is dead. <laughs>
2: yeah, Maybe. Right. Maybe. 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 Dead.
1: <laughs> Maybe dead. Uh Victoria's husband, Carl, reportedly killed in Arras, France during a shell attack. However, the body was never recovered and people began to speculate he kind of kind of came back and found the family and went fucking nuts. And so they were
0: actually, they were not married for long either before he died. They were married in March, 1914, and he died in December of that same year. And then she would go on to have Cecilia the very next month. Um, but yeah, definitely there there's there's a possibility of that. People w- would say that they saw uh, Gabriel around in random places. There was uh, like a rumor that he took a dead soldier's ID and was living under that. Somebody said that they, they were a prisoner of the Soviet army and uh, this officer with a Bavarian who spoke German with a Bavarian accent or spoke Bavarian, I'm not sure which, um released them. But before that, flat out said, I'm the murderer of Hinter Kaifek. And he had always said he wanted to go to Russia. So some weird shit there.
1: That is a weird spot to pick. Russia. I've always wanted to go to Russia.
0: I know, right? I mean, nothing against Russia. I've been obsessed with, like, the last uh, Tsar of Russia and his family since I was, like, Eleven, but uh, it's still very cold.
1: Though right now it's a little dicey going to Russia. I don't want to go to Russia as long as Putin's in charge. I would probably have gone whenever Gorbachev or Yeltsin was in charge. But right now with Putin in charge, yeah, you don't want to get on the wrong side of that guy. But I think if I could pick any time in history that I would not want to go to Russia, it would be the years nineteen fourteen to nineteen thirty.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> pretty turbulent years. Yes. Not tourism dollars, not flowing freely right about then.
1: I want to go to Russia because I either a want to die or B want to kill. Yeah, there you go. So but you see,
2: guys, I, The thing with Carl G- Gabriel that I really find fascinating is how much stories change. So like his fellow soldiers were like, no, I watched him die except his face was perfectly unharmed, even though his head was cracked in half. Like, I don't know if you guys saw that interview. They're like, yeah, no, we could totally tell it was his face.
0: Yeah, yeah. They said that like and and they even described the expression on
1: his face and everything. I am Um, very good at
2: puzzles. But then when questioned again, they changed their their statement again, and they're like, No, I didn't see there was he was just where the bomb was.
1: I am really good at puzzles, and I can tell you that was him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez.
2: So do we have anything else on Carl Gabriel? No, that one's kind of a mystery because can't really get a straight answer because, I mean, between being in the military and, like, war stuff, not a whole lot of people are going to be forthcoming with information. But they never did find his body.
1: And a lot of people reported over the years that they would met Gabriel and could confirm that he had exchanged his identity with that of a fallen comrade.
2: Bum, bum, bum
0: glancing at his listing on Hinterkaifeck.net. Give me one second. I just want to make sure
2: that there's nothing
1: on
0: this. I did actually look at this already. Um, yeah, you actually don't have as much. They, they have military records for like just about everyone who was in the military that we're going to talk about, which is a lot. Um, and they're pretty extensive and detailed. And for him there is uh, very, very little, probably because he just joined up and then very soon after that died. So that's probably why he didn't have like an extensive career there. So that's, uh, that's all I have on Carl Gabriel. you guys good to go and move on to maybe the Gump brothers?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moving on. Gump. A- Adolf Gump. <laughs> Adolf Gump. Adolf Gump, the owner of the Bubba Gump uh, concentration camp. <laughs> Not too far off.
0: Um, so there were rumors that Adolf, who was both a basket maker and a sergeant in the military. <laughs> there you go. Like what?
1: <laughs> those are two things okay. that go hand in hand.
0: Right. Sure. Uh, they, there were rumors that he had a thing going with Victoria and some people said he was Yosef's father, although there's no evidence to substantiate either of those
1: claims. This poor kid I... has so many dads. He must have looked like a fucking patchwork quilt.
2: I really love that Victoria has so much sneaky freaky going on that nobody, everyone was like, it could be me. Who knows? I- <laughs> yeah, Sneaky
0: freaky, almost definitely the name of this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm really proud of myself, guys. I'm going to get a big head. You need to insult me a couple times and help, help me stop this. So uh, Adolf, uh, in addition to his illustrious career as a basket maker slash sergeant, also helped three other people kill nine farmers in Silesia which is a region currently a region of Poland but there's also some parts in the Czech Republic and Germany and I'm sure that that is not exactly the case that it was back then it was borders ch- changed so much during that like 20 to 30 year period that it was impossible to keep track but this was in the 1921 battle of Annaberg so just farmers not even all soldiers we're talking like probably non-combatants for all we know um He had a brother, Anton uh, Gump. And uh, now Adolf died in 1944. And then years later, his sister, Crescentia Meyer, she made a deathbed confession to a priest that her brothers were the killers. So they arrested Anton in 1952, and he spent nearly a month in prison, but they dropped everything because they couldn't substantiate anything
1: yeah this is this is one that I can kind of get behind um, just because he's got a he's got a prior history of, of killing farmers. Yeah, sure. there's that. If you're telling me if you're telling me like the next door neighbor Schlittenbauer uh, might have done it, mm, yeah, I give him even odds, 50 50. Uh, the dead Carl Gabriel. I'm gonna go one in a hundred, because I mean, you know, coming it's back from possible. the dead—that's that's a trick that you can only pull after you've done other tricks, like turning water to wine and feeding a <laughs> lot of people with just a few pieces of bread and fish. Um, <laughs> the Gump brothers, though, fucking Adolf, number one. His name's Adolf. Instantly, that's <laughs> plus five, and then the fact that uh, he murdered nine farmers. Yeah, already. Yeah, he's pretty good for it, I'd say. I and then his <laughs> sister goes, yeah, him and Anton did it. Uh, I'm saying, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I I'm gonna give the Gump brothers. I'm gonna say this a ninety percent chance that they did it.
0: It's definitely they're definitely high up there. I would say. Uh, so, uh, anything else on the Gump brothers? Nope. All right, let's talk about Carl and Andreas. Schreier. Now, I'm almost certain that these are the same two. I was kind of like matching up the Wikipedia article with the uh, Hinterkaifec.net article about these two. And it was like Carl S. and Andreas S. on Wikipedia, and then they actually had their names. And I was like, well, how many Carl Schreier's can there? Oh, wait. Um, (laughs) So how many Andreases can we have in one story? Oh, wait.
1: Mm -hmm. A lot. Welcome to Germany. Andreas is the John of Germany. Victoria
0: is the like, what's a popular Mary. There you go. Mm -hmm. So Andreas, he actually, he had a little bit of a history of violence. He spent time in prison, three different stints for assault in 1907, 1909 and 1911. This doesn't have to do with anything, but I thought it was funny. It's probably again, a weird translation error. But like I said, there are, you can see the military records. They're quite extensive. They list, you know, like injuries and various things. And promotions and all the usual stuff, but in one section, in, in it's just the remarks section on his military career. It said he just Private Crier, hmm. and I'm just like, so he just he doesn't like to cry in public. Okay, I can <laughs> I can actually get
1: behind that. I mean, that's I fine. thought
2: that was his military nickname, yeah. Private Crier. <laughs> come here,
1: maybe, maybe it's better than First Corporal Wets Your Pants. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> So they actually do arrest
0: him in 1922. They try to arrest his brother Carl as well, but Carl flees. Andreas apparently not quite so fast. So they arrest him. They release him shortly afterwards. So it's like August, they arrest him. They cancel the the warrant in September. They never really do anything more with these two, but the arrest memo does say that they are, quote, widely known and feared as violent people, end quote. And it also stated that they confessed to their mother. She told a neighbor and possibly her pastor or maybe confessed to her pastor. I don't know. Again, translations. And they were arrested. And then in, I was so confused. It said literally in the arrest memo for Andreas Schreier, it said the offender confessed. And then nothing more about that topic. Hmm.
1: To be fair, whenever I'm doing my work, uh, we have to leave notes at my job on, well, we're supposed to leave notes. A lot of you fuckers don't, and it makes my job harder. Um, I I can second that. We work together. (laughs) So a lot of times I will leave the note because I can see exactly where this is going. Where it's like, my TiVo, the guide data doesn't work. And I'll like be typing, 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 making my little note. And they said, "Well, the dog ate the modem three days ago. Well, that's why your fucking Tivo doesn't work." Uh, TC <laughs> created, you know, Trouble Call created, meaning we have to get a, a tech out to them because the dog ate the fucking modem. And uh, so I you'd be put surprised that down. how
2: often that happens. <laughs>
1: you, really right. you really would. You really would. Like at least three or four times an hour, apparently. Uh, <laughs> But I'll write the note, so it's like I could see like a cop going and like like this guy squirming. He confessed, and just like I'm not confessing shit at the end of it all, and we have to let him go, and he just forgets to cross it out. Oh yeah, that's probably a good point.
0: And you also have the issue of translation errors, so who the heck knows? Um, in 1971, there was a woman named Therese T. And we don't have a full last name, just an initial. Probably she recounted like Tolkienhausenfau. <laughs> Probably. She recounted uh, Frau Schreier, so the Schreier b- boy's mother, visiting her mother and saying, My sons were the murderers. Andreas lost his pen at the murder scene. But at the same time, the, the maid uh, who worked for the household, um, the, the not terribly doomed one, uh, she said... She recognized that that the pen knife that was found there as, as belonging to the household. So it's like, who the hell knows? I've but, got uh, like
1: fifteen yeah. pocket knives laying around here that I don't know where the fuck they're at. That's that's nothing. I, I don't I don't peg Andreas S for this at all.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I, I find the whole idea of the the mother pops up twice both when Therese T recounts it and when it originally happens in 1922 I find it weird that her their own mother would go and confess to a pastor my sons were the murderer those murders like why I can't see any reason why somebody would do that unless somebody else is making it up like who the pastor is the pastor making it up and then going to the police it's all very confusing
1: yeah i i think Therese once again, I get a lot of calls from busybodies. I think Therese T. was a busybody who jumped to a lot of conclusions.
0: Yeah, it's definitely possible. So we have, very just briefly, Peter Weber.
1: Definitely maybe, maybe should... not the murderer, in my opinion. <laughs>
0: definitely not. <laughs> uh, he basically, maybe I should pronounce it more Germanly, Peter Weber! 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 Weber.
1: You've got so, to, you've it. W's are for the week. It's always a
2: For the week. Yeah, for the week.
0: <laughs> so he worked uh, as a, a laborer at uh, one place said farm, one place said ammunition facility. They're the same thing, really. I mean, Welcome I go mean, bullets. <laughs> 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 now, this was uh, 1919 and 1920, and his coworker and roommate said... That Peter Feather told him about a farm uh, where they could kill the residents and get the money, and basically describe the, the residents of Hinterkaifeck. So there was that basically, but that kind of uh, petered out, if you will. <laughs>
1: Here's the thing if they killed the family to get the money, they did a horrible job at getting the money. Right? Yeah. Right. And, that, and that's
2: why I don't think it, it was him, because the money was still there.
1: Yeah. I just picture like Peter Veba said, you told me to get Aussie bread in the house. <laughs> nice. Very nice. God damn it, Peter. You are as thick as Atlanta traffic. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Peter. The entire family's dead. And for what? Unleavened bread. <laughs> so then we have
0: the Bickler brothers and George Siegel. Uh, Anton Bickler had helped uh, up at Hinterkaifeck with the potato harvest he knew his way around and that same former maid who is just pointing fingers everywhere um, no she said well she will again in a minute actually this is the first time I I, I got confused but she said that uh, Anton was always talking about the family and how they should be dead a little suspicious.
2: <laughs> mm, yeah. But I don't know. Like, this maid wanted nothing to do with anything. Gets away from it all, and then all of a sudden, we're back in it after everyone's dead. Like, oh, it's him! Oh, it was him! 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 Look at these guys! No, not him.
0: Like... <laughs> And then saying that everybody in town was coming to her damn window, like with the Bickler brothers. She said that, like, a stranger came to her window and and was talking to her. And then in the next suspect that we're going to discuss, which, uh, spoiler alert, more brothers, um, brotherhood very strong in in Germany during this period of time. There were a lot of bonds, bros. There -hmm. were bros all over the place. Bro bonds. Uh,
1: Bro bonds.
2: Do you think Victoria was getting double sneaky freaky? Oh,
1: I have no doubt about it.
2: No, I mean, there's all these brothers. Like, do you think she was into like the Eiffel Tower? Uh.
0: I mean, it's not necessarily that every single one of them was her lover.
2: No, I feel like that's what happened.
1: (laughs) Or her sneaky, (laughs) freaky partner. I'm sorry. (laughs) Everybody here fucked her. That's all there is to it. (laughs) Apparently. So,
0: this former maid is her name is Christens Rieger, uh, which I feel like is the German version of my full name. Uh, (laughs) Christen, Christens which uh, I got confused because there was the other one that was like Crescenza, and so it's, it's confusing. But anyhow, so uh, now uh, the uh, maid, Crescenza Rieger, also uh, says that Carl picked potatoes and that he kept the young woman at her best. That is a quote. What? What does that mean? And maybe Amber was right. Mm-hmm. Telling you. <laughs> Now, the family dog barked at everyone except Carl. You know, if you can get the dog not to bark at you, you can probably sneak in and live there and do some murders.
1: I'm sorry. That's, to me, that's even more reason not to, not to think that this guy is the murderer because I trust dogs more than I trust humans. That is I true. agree. Yeah. And if this b- dog went, no, he's okay. Everybody else around here is an asshole, but this dog's okay. This guy's okay. Then I'm gonna have to trust the dog because looking at the family, everybody in this family's an asshole. Yeah, it's kind of true. Well, except for the children.
2: <laughs> so, they are potential um, assholes. They're children. <laughs> No, I agree. They're potential assholes. They're dead, murdered, horribly murdered children. <laughs> How much I, do I have to say to get you guys to back off? Do
0: you want me to read their murder descriptions again?
1: I I refuse. I refuse to back down from this. Quite honestly, because you're you're saying like like one has to preclude the other. No, you can be both. And grown ups, but
0: a child hasn't I, had a, ch- a two year old, especially hasn't had a chance to be an asshole yet.
1: I said potential. <laughs>
0: Anyhow, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Kick them while they're down, for fuck's sake. Um, Siegel, we mentioned earlier, George Siegel. I don't know how to pronounce George in German. When did they take off the E? Is it still George or is it Jorg? Jorgen! <laughs> Jorgen? Okay, sure. I'm <laughs> in with that. All right. Just go Jorgen. with George. Yeah. Siegel. Uh, he also worked at the farm, and word around town was he had broken into the farm and stolen some stuff. He was familiar with the matic, but you would be if you worked at the farm. Uh, Wikipedia has that he carved the handle, but his own statement, he said that Andreas carved it. And uh, he he was able to describe it pretty clearly. But still, it seems like the, the ownership of the matic is kind of in dispute. He didn't know where it was kept, at least. All right. You remember how he said that they interviewed like a hundred people? We're almost to the end,
1: <laughs> I swear. Of all hundred of them, yes, yes. I'm actually, I'm actually uh, listening right now to the way you pronounce the name uh, George in German. So hold on here, I'm listening to the audio. Georg. It's actually pronounced Georg. <laughs> I didn't, and I would never have guessed mm-hmm. that. Die. German. Yeah, our listeners, oh. our listeners will hear that audio. It's Georg. All right, so Georg Siegel. All
0: right, apologies for getting your name wrong, Georg. Anyhow, so now we have the Fowler brothers. More brothers. We have never had more family unity in an episode, I swear to God. <laughs> so the Fowler brothers um they again we have the former maid christian's rieger uh she pointed the finger in their directions just they're they're petty criminals basically they you know steal a little here steal a little there rob a little there rob a little there and she said that one of them came to her window and was bothering her with questions about the family that she refused to answer uh, apparently Joseph Thaler told somebody. I know who in the house sleeps in what room, and I also know that they have money. Which everybody else in the town was like, yeah, "Everybody knows that they have money, dude. You're mm-hmm. not, you're not bringing anything to the table." Um, and there's really not much else. That's pretty much like you know, as far as, as Thaler is concerned, or the Thaler brothers is, are concerned, it's it's very slim just weird how everybody's going to Christian's Rieger's window. I picture like a line, like 20 deep of men just coming to her window to randomly talk to her about the family or, you know, the village or whatever the hell or the dogs or, you know, what they had for lunch. I'm actually picturing
1: a, like a murder on the Orient express situation where like they all did it. And by, by like some weird coincidence, they all decided to do it on the same night.
2: Well, here's my (laughs) problem with everything. Christian's Rieger says, Every single finger she pointed said that they knew about the money.
0: But that doesn't matter because they didn't take the money. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Every single person, she pointed a finger at the only motive they would really have is for the money and the money wasn't taken. So I have a sneaking suspicion that she actually had more to do with this. Then she's letting on because she's sure got a lot of fingers pointing away from her and none that's of them correctly. Really
1: Do you think yeah, her that's... and Victoria got freaky?
2: No, but there could have just been jealousy with Victoria. Maybe one of Victoria's lovers is a man that she wanted for herself.
1: Ooh. Mm.
2: And it would be really easy to piss a man off by being like, Oh, you love Victoria. You want to know who else she's sleeping with?
1: That's true. She
2: got <laughs> herself out of the picture, but all of a sudden, after everyone's dead, she's got all this shit to say. I'm I'm saying Christian's Rieger has a lot more to do with this than anyone thinks.
1: I'm I'm like kind of looking up uh Victoria Gruber or Victoria Gabriel here. I want to see what this woman looked like that she was able to just get like an avalanche of cock. It's not hard. I know. But I'm just oh, kind of oh, interested. Oh, <laughs> oh, I fucking let that one slide right by. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not that impressive. Not well. That there's impressive.
2: a there is a lot to be said for willing and wet.
0: There's a lot to be said for small towns.
2: Yeah, that too. <laughs> All right, so
0: moving on. Kind of final suspect, kind of not, but kind of really, really the, the only one with any any sort of heft to it. And it's really interesting how this comes about. Um, Paul Mueller, he was a German immigrant to America. And in a book published in I don't remember what year by uh, Bill James and his daughter Rachel McCarthy James called Man from the Train. It is 2017. He... Thank you. You're quite I don't know why. Welcome. I didn't know why I wanted to say like 1999, but, um, 2017. So just a couple of years ago and they speculated in this book, they, they, they actually started, I believe started looking at the Velisca axe murders, which we, we gave you an episode from, from the vault uh, a little while ago with just a couple of weeks ago with the Velisca axe murders. They started looking at those and then they started all around it. Similar murders, uh, of families that were killed between 1898 and 1912, uh, in locales as scattered as Nova Scotia, Oregon, Kansas, Florida, Arkansas, and, of course, uh, Villisca. And they basically say, okay, we think that this Mueller guy was the dude who was doing this. There's lots of similarities between these murders and he's just doing, you know, it's the thing where he's hopping the train from town to town and then killing families close to the train station. Um, Some similarities between all these cases, there was a barn where the killer could hide out and watch the family. This all happened in small towns, near railroad junctions, Uh, an ax always used as a murder weapon. Now, interestingly, no dog to bark because we don't have that in this situation. We do have a dog or dogs in in the Kaifax situation. Uh, He did cover victims before killing them. Again, we don't have that here. We have covering victims afterwards, as far as we know, but no covering before. Putting the sheets and the towels over the windows. Well, it's a barn, so... Uh, And then uh, not robbing the place. And also, most of these families had prepubescent girls. And the eating after the murder thing. uh, They were able to say that they could almost definitively tie him to 14 total victims, sorry, 14 total murders with 59 victims, possibly many, many more.
1: I like, though, uh, they kind of rate his chances. The authors themselves rate the chances of Mueller as the Hinterkaifeck killer as more or less a toss-up. That's their own words. More or less a Mm, toss-up. Flip a coin. And yeah basically their idea is that he could have uh, the heat could start had to
0: you know be put on him in America and he could be like well I'm going to go back to uh, back to Germany and then does his his killing thing there
1: yeah and they said even once again their words there's no real reason to believe it's not him
0: meh yeah but that's that's still not a reason to believe it's him right. you know like it's right. the reverse is also true <laughs> So, um, aside from the the 1999 thing, which is in the aftermath, uh, I don't have anything else on particular suspects. The Nazis,
1: go for it. The Nazis are actually considered to be a suspect in this. Uh, Hinterkaifeck, being that it was it was kind of a a away place, they might have been they might have been interested in this in this building as a possible outpost uh, for the upcoming war that they kind of knew was going to happen. And it is thought that maybe Nazis came in, murdered the entire family, and then just kind of left the place to themselves because uh, because of its position in the geography as possibly an outpost for Germany. But... And by the way, he was a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah, Andreas, Andreas Gruber. Gruber. Yeah, he was a Nazi sympathizer.
0: Huh. But, like, if you have a Nazi sympathizer and the Nazis want to get in there, is, is that's what I'm understanding?
1: It's a thing where it's thought that he invited them in. They said, we want your home. You can't have my home. Everybody dies. Then
0: it doesn't appear that they actually did anything with it. No, they did not. So, like, not that...
1: It's not, <laughs> it's not a good theory.
0: It's I not love a theory. good
1: theory. It's not a good theory, but right it up. is a theory. If you want more, a more in-depth detail, there is a, a fantastic video on YouTube, The Mysterious Murders of Hinterkaifeck by Bedtime Stories, where they delve a little bit deeper into uh, into the Nazis, possibly, possibly being the executioners of the family.
2: Nope. No, I got my own theories. It's not the Nazis. For once think? in my life, I'm not blaming the Nazis. Um, I'm thinking Krisense Rieger fired up Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Reasons being, aside from what I was saying about the finger pointing, she is the only one that heard these these haunting voices and footsteps for six months before the rest of the family didn't start reporting things until about two to three weeks before.
0: I have to interject there. I think that she actually had quit six months before all this happened. Or at least she from my understanding. Yeah. And so I don't know how long she heard the footsteps and everything.
2: But nobody else heard him when she was there. That, that is I true. thought.
0: That was true, yeah.
2: So I think she's full of shit. And then I think she fired up Lorenz Schlittenbauer and told him what he would gain from this, which is quite possibly the farm, the whole farm. He has a stake in it because Victoria's son could have been his son.
1: Hmm. I do like that theory. I do like that theory. I'm still sticking with the Gump brothers. They seem to be the they seem to be the best because past behavior future performance. Yeah, I'm going for the Gump brothers.
0: Um I I think something weird is going on. Okay, so keep in mind, like I said, the Hinter website. Um, this is actually, I believe it's from the 2007 report by students at Furstenfeldbrook Police Academy, um, who did a, a basically delved into all the material. They said, it'll never be solved. It's been too much time, and we don't have enough evidence and not enough. Evidence was taken or actually kept. Um, But um, they did come to the conclusion that it was definitely personal. Now, I finally managed to find, and I really should have just used the search function. Uh, I don't know why I'm stupid. But I finally managed to find uh, Christian Rieger's page on here. This is interesting. Again, the translation makes it hard to understand some things. But bear with me. Uh, On March 27, 1921, she was on the Hinter... Wow, I can't say words anymore. Hinterkaifeckerhoff, delivered by a girl, Victoria, at the order of the Strobenhausen doctor, the child was given to the Unterholster foster family in Brettenbach near Strobenhausen due to lack of care.
1: You're just making up words now.
0: The child's guardian was Rieger's foster father, and the child's father, Jacob Weber, who was severely damaged in the war, died in Munich in May 1921 as a result of an operation. She appears to have had a baby and then had to give it up, had it taken away from her while on Hinterkaifeck.
1: Ooh.
2: That is weird. So she's there. um, Taking care of children.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's not known where she was between August and September of 1921 and March of 1922, but we at least know that she was on the farm in uh, March 1921. But it's weird that we don't know where she was March 1922 when everything went down. Uh, At the beginning of March 1922, she lived with the farmer Steinberger in Schrobenhausen. On March 25th, 1922, she found a new job as a maid. Uh, in Abelshausen and then she got married uh, in 1929. So several years later.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Was, Very. Yeah, interesting. that's
2: super weird. Wow. Huh. Yep, I, I like her even more for it now.
0: <laughs> that's there's something weird there. There's something really weird there. Wow. Okay, so I don't have any particular theory. I'm I'm not like these two. I, I don't I don't think think thoughts. I just I just read stuff, um, compile it. Um, so I, I guess if I had a theory, it would definitely be the, the the pretty much the easy one. Schlittenbauer. Uh, Schlittenbauer seemed to have the most involvement with the family, and uh, they said it was definitely personal. Uh, and especially the fact that he seemed to be. Like almost like maybe punishing the women by attacking them even harder, and I think his, uh, I guess if I had a theory, I would say that he and Victoria got into a fight, and either because it was the truth, or she didn't know, or just to piss him off, she said, "Well, you know, my daddy is my baby daddy, and he got pissed, and that's why he was able to kill the child that
2: he previously had thought was his son." Hmm he didn't go in when he found the bodies okay now think this is a woman that he has been a lover to he thought of marrying and a child that is possibly his and he found the bodies and moved them around and showed everybody and like this is not the actions of somebody that is distraught emotionally i mean
0: everybody reacts differently to trauma some people go into um like caretaker mode, or some people go into, you know, official mode, which he was kind of a town official. So it's possible that could have been it, but it is, I will say, not everybody reacts to trauma the same. Maybe he just went into autopilot sort of, but it is definitely questionable. See,
1: Here's the thing though. Here's the thing with Schlittenbauer. There, there was a, uh, there was a Jakob Sigel who a lot of what we know about Schlittenbauer actually comes from Jakob Sigel. And Sigel, his story changes from 1922 to 1952. Uh, in 1922, he says that Schlittenbauer told him, and I've got the actual German: "Entweder heben die sich oder es ist Interesslos." And he said that translates to either they have hanged themselves or something else has happened. And then a little bit later on, it turns to they've been beaten to death or they've hanged themselves. And then uh, in 1922, he tells them that like, he found them by the foot. And then in 1952, uh, like he says it wasn't himself. It was somebody else that found the bodies. And it's a thing where like, a lot of what we hear about Schlittenbauer comes from Sigel, and Sigel himself has proven that he is an unreliable source.
2: Okay, that's fair. Yeah, sure. Schbauer also had like 12 kids to three different mothers.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't
2: think that's including Victoria because we don't know about that one. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, he definitely he was he was prolific, as they say. Well't Did't some,
1: um, some DNA tests uh, eventually prove? That doesn't make sense. I'm throwing that out. Never mind. I'm reading here okay. the DNA tests prove that uh, the one son uh, Victoria's one son was in fact her father's dna tests from what yep
2: nope didn't exist yeah. bullshit but if they,
1: they exhumed the bodies that's true that's true
0: i mean they do that all the time to get dna they exhume the bodies so i mean i don't i didn't read anywhere that they did right. i would think we would know that by now but uh it's still possible yeah they were going to exhume john dillinger uh, to because there's all those questions as to whether it's really John Dillinger or, you know, did the feds pull a fast one or anything like that? And they I'm assuming they probably would have compared his DNA to his, um, you know, like living relatives. So in 1955, they closed the files. But as Scott mentioned earlier, it, until 1986, they were still interrogating people. <laughs> I think that's just the German way. Like <laughs> files are closed. Who cares? Let's do some interrogating. So where were um, you
1: on the night of 1922? Uh, five years before my birth not sure <laughs> fuck
0: i was a twinkle in my father's eye in 1999 a woman came forward and said all right so way back in 1935 my landlord said that he was the killer But he's dead. And they were like, that's really helpful, lady. You couldn't have come by like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years
2: ago. Well, apparently the landlord said that in 1935. She didn't report it until 1999. Yeah, that's what I said. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah, it's nuts. Like, why wait
1: 64 years? 64 years. I'm changing my answer to Schlittenbauer. Because of something I just found. Ooh. Ooh, what'd you find? I'm drawing some conclusions here, but it's... Uh, I was wondering what happened to the cattle afterwards. Schlittenbauer was awarded the livestock for maintaining the farm during the investigation and in the execution of the will. They, f- The killer fed and cared for the animal for days. Only a person... Who would expect to benefit from the murders would see to it that the disposable asset got taken care of
0: mm-hmm. and also uh only a fellow farmer would be capable of it, yeah, I mean, send any of us out to milk a damn cow and see how far that gets i could do it i actually i could do it yeah i've done. I'm it shocked that both of you would be very you know much able to manipulate tits so um <laughs> and in uh and then as I mentioned in two thousand and seven um there was the report by the First and Fieldbrook Police Academy students. And that's seriously, if you want to really deep dive into this case, it's crazy the amount of uh, primary sources that you have available. We don't normally have this many primary sources at our fingertips, as I found on this site. And um, there. I'm sure there was some stuff that I missed. I mean, heck, just even during this episode, I found something that I missed. So, yeah, if you really want to dig deep into that, that... Uh, Oh my God, my brain, my brain, it hurts. That net website is very uh, helpful to, you found, you have all these, who everybody's related to, their children, their parents, their sp- spouses, their siblings. You have all these family tree listings. You have their relation to the case. If they're in the military, you have their military records. It's absolutely nuts. You have their statements that they made. There's a million statements. There's newspaper articles. You really, you could use this to write a damn book. So um so, yeah, there, there's that. But, yeah, unless you guys have anything else, that is him through Kaifek.
1: I have got one closing thing. Uh, this is from reddit.com uh, slash r slash unresolved mysteries. Now that I'm behind a computer, I'm kind of doing research as I go. This is Cheater. From, yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm allowed to. Uh, Laertes78 says, I have read the police trainee's article. By the way, the version in the internet cannot be the final one as there are really some strange grammatical and conceptual errors in there. In the closing pages, they really more or less say, Out of respect of the descendants and because of the time passed, we refrain to name who is the murderer in our eyes. But the article makes it more than obvious through leading questions that they mean Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Hmm...
0: Interesting. I wonder if that person's saying grammatical errors, if they were reading a translation, or if they're talking about grammatical errors in the German.
1: I think, uh, let's see, Laerti78. Let's see if I can find anything about him. Uh, Reddit user. I'm guessing that it's in German, because this last post is titled, Wachdenleiterfeinigstatserzuschassen. <laughs> I don't think he speaks the language. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no, He said Van Dein Elton Weineger Al as <laughs> Duke Frutenbach has uh Verfogegan Haben dann kon Say Unterhalt gacken Maschinen. Hagen das I
2: don't know. Schlittenbacher Schlittenbauer is the only one that makes sense because he he benefited from it. He got rid of problems due to it. He magically had the key that had been missing for weeks. Like he's the only one that really Really deep down makes sense. And I still think that the first maid probably helped push him into it. I mean,
0: aside from being called the murderer of Hinder Kaifek in the years afterwards, which he did make some money off of. Um, he's
2: t- yeah, he kept on benefiting. Mm-hmm. Like- <laughs> yeah, he really, his
0: life got a lot less complicated in the aftermath of this. So, yeah, he's he's looking
2: pretty good for it, I have to say.
0: wore it was the I'm ghost sure. of Pearl
2: Gabriel. <laughs> well, I'm sure he was pissed when they leveled the house, because I bet he thought he was going to get the house, too.
0: Yeah, I really wish I had written down the stuff about the house, and I am never going to find that on this on this page again because there's so much documentation that it's just it's just impossible. And it is called, um, by the way, right on the site. It's called hinterkaifeg das Wiki. <laughs> I mean, it's the, the the German text is translated to English, but in this case, it's an image, so they can't translate an image. You know, das Wiki. Das Wiki. Das Wiki. Oh gosh! There's so much here, oh my God, you guys, this is insane. Nice. like I could probably do, we could probably do a whole other episode in nineteen thirty three there was a document released of a request for the whereabouts of Christians Rieger
1: Every other word in this sounds like the fucking lyrics to a Ronstein song Do do hast do hast Mac. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now she says that she only knows Sh- Schlittenbauer by sight, but that's what she says. Um, and frequently one of the one of the fun things about the translation is Schlittenbauer is frequently translated to sled builder. So I had that <laughs> misconception for a while. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, so he builds sleds, and I just went along with it. like that's a totally normal thing because we already have a basket maker,
2: so whatever. <laughs> Hmm. Hey, you You know your uh, your old neighbor, Slinbar? Oh, only by sight. Right there, she's telling you she's lying. The neighbors
0: are be- distant. The, the, this is in the middle of nowhere. I, I, I know my neighbors by
2: sight, and I live right next to them. <laughs> but if I asked you their name. Oh, you know the Johnsons? Oh, yeah, only by sight.
1: I couldn't tell you what the, the names of my neighbors are. I know Jason's to the left of me right now. I couldn't tell you what Jason's last name is. We call them uh, the owners and the renters. Mm -hmm.
0: So, um, yeah, she said, uh, I only knew sled builders by sight, just going with it. He once drove past my employer's estate with a team. These and I were in the room. Again, translation is rough. Gabriel, looking out the window, said to me that this was an incident. No, there's no way, there's no reason to read this to you because uh, uh, it doesn't make any sense. But... The one part that does make sense is that she did say that she didn't know him. <laughs> Except that she did, because she knew who he was in relation to what his name is. Well, I, she would probably have heard about them in the years uh, afterwards. She's cool as shit, is basically what I'm getting at. She would have definitely heard about him. He was called the murderer of Hinterkaifex. She would have known about him afterwards. All right. Uh, but at the time, she says she only knew about him by sight. But who knows? I can um, tell that so-
1: penis from anywhere. I know it by sight. And taste.
2: Well, and that's the thing, because we don't actually know that Victoria was getting all these sneaky freakies in because m- most of that came from the maid, too. Uh, I don't know.
1: Not not, not in my um, she, documents. She spent jail for getting sneaky freaky with her dad.
2: Well, no, yes. And that's gross. That's gross. But like the the one group of brothers, I don't remember which one. There's too many brothers. um, that she had said, oh, I think one of them uh, was getting friendly with Victoria and they wanted the money. But, like, we don't know that that was a thing. Like, Victoria was definitely getting on with the neighbor and her dad. But other than that, I don't know who else was. she was legitimately having relations with. Still gross, though. Still gross.
0: <laughs> oh, gross. And But keep in mind that she was probably groomed and it was oh, I'm you know, sure. by an authority figure none other than her own father uh and yeah so lots of lots of horribleness there and she you know uh, if he was as violent as as we've heard tell in places then it's perhaps also true that you know that this was not with her consent not that you know if it happened when she was younger not that she could yeah but yeah. yeah i might just dig into uh <laughs> Christian Reeker's files here over the next week or so. I'm just curious to see what I find. It's hard because it's so hard to understand things and it's like well, I went to town with a with hammer, but hammer is capitalized, so I'm like okay, so that's probably somebody's last name, but I don't really know for sure because sled builders? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that has been our episode. Man, that was a, uh, aside from the horrible, brutal murders, that was a fun one. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're never not fun. I don't know what I'm talking about. Dumb. We're gonna spend time at home this weekend, and um, uh, I'm done with school, so I'm gonna deep dive into uh, making another podcast. Hmm. Sticking with this one, but there's also another one in the works, and you'll find out more about it later.
1: Yay! How about so you, you guys up to? What are you? Up yeah, to what you up week?
2: to? Um, nothing. <laughs> I work uh, from home, which. Is its own thing. So yeah, just work mostly, and um, probably some heavy drinking. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I really is, got.
1: The great thing is now you can do the heavy drinking during work, where it's really needed.
2: I'm not going to say that on air, no. Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> I will. <laughs> Scott, what you up work. to? Getting drunk at work.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 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 Although I have honestly thought about like if the weather would actually get nice enough that I could be outside, I'm moving everything outside, and I will sit down outside and chain smoke cigarettes the whole day while I answer the phone and yell at people. But like it'll be great. But what if it rains? Well, and they're not my computers. <laughs> well, then
0: I mean I sit outside all the time in the summertime on our on our deck. So I just if it starts raining, I just run everything inside um i mean i don't know how much material you have but you have no idea how much crap i generally have outside when i'm working uh we actually ordered like a canopy type situation that we're going to set up and then i'm looking at like privacy screens since we cut all those trees down to put on the side of the deck and uh keep us out of view of the neighbors and yeah i'm probably going to spend a good deal of the summer working out on the deck instead of in the office because it definitely will be more pleasant Mm. Mm, I I'm have,
2: jealous.
1: I am actually uh, working on a profile for a website called voice.com that, uh, that helps people get voice acting jobs. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, so looking forward to that. I have wanted to become a voice actor for a long time, uh, and I've taken steps towards it. I've gotten a few jobs here and there but I'm going to make a push to make this my job because I think I would be an amazing voice actor because I'm so humble.
2: <laughs> That's very, very true. <laughs> All right, I well, think don't... you would be most excellent. Well, thank
1: you. Yes. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, now that you're all either home uh, with nothing to do, you have plenty of time to go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, those five star ratings—they really help. I know every single podcast says this, but it is honestly true. It helps us uh, keep going and helps us get more visibility. Follow us on our social. Fo- Follow us on our social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Old Timey Crimey. And, uh, if you are not home all the time and you're an essential worker, uh, thank you for, uh, what you're doing. And, um, yeah, that's about it for me.
1: Thank you very much for listening. Everybody much appreciated. I love all of you.
2: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you really I, like that. I, I love you guys too. Thank you. I love you guys. All right. Aww. We will
0: see everybody or not. See you. We don't see anybody these days next week. Bye! Bye. Bye. My sources this week are Katie Serena on All That's Interesting, Wikipedia, as per usual, Hinterkaifeck.net Kat McAuliffe on Ranger, and Alice De Sturler on Defrosting Cold Cases.
1: My sources this week are Wikipedia, of course. Uh, on YouTube, the Mysterious Murders of Hinterkaifeck by YouTube user Bedtime Stories. Also on YouTube who was behind The Hinterkaifeck Murders on the Infographics Show, Uh, allthat'sinteresting.com, and ranker.com.
2: Okay, so, damn it, Christy. Um, I have all the same sources as you, but I have two extra. So I also have Mental Floss by Sonia Vatomsky and HistoricMysteries.com by Alan McNairn.